This is Sunday morning worship service here at the Pantaleo Pentecost Witness Church with our senior pastor, Farrell Hardison. Today we have special guest speakers, missionaries Danny and Judith Williams. They're from India and Nepal, so let's make them welcome and enjoy the service today. We'll start off today with the Pantaleo Pentecost Witness Church praise team and the Pantaleo Pentecost Witness Church choir. We have a few new praise team members today because some of the other ones are on vacation. So I hope you enjoy that as well. Here's Brother David. You know, today uh, today is June, July the 2nd. But you know what? June has been a big month. It has been a very big month because we had Bible school. That was just outstanding. Um, Brother Farrell and Millie celebrated 46 years of marriage. Mac, Mac and Laurie has celebrated 49 years of marriage. Kay, Kay and myself have done 49 years of marriage. Jerry and Francis, my sister, will be 49 years July the 20th. See, I I did. I did this. I got married first, and she couldn't stand it, so she went ahead and got married 20 days later. But And then there has been just an, a, an amazing bunch of birthdays. But I think today and yesterday, if I remember correctly, Brother Thomas turned 29 years old. And Jeff... Our drummer turned 19 today. So we are we we are just blessed beyond measure. So in honor of them today, let's sing happy birthday to these two today. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. God bless you. Happy birthday to you. And I am sure that there is somebody else that has celebrated this month also. But we are, that's the ones basically that I know about. But um, if anybody else, we're going to have to make a list, I reckon, and just keep up with everybody's. <laughs> but today we're going to start out singing, Welcome to My Father's House. to my father's house, come right in, make yourself a home for your loved friends, sit down at the table, feast on manna from above, welcome to my father's house of love, welcome to my father's house, come right in, make yourself at home for your loved friends, sit down at Sit down at the table, peace on manna from above. Welcome to 
Father's house this morning. Amen. Waymaker. Go. 
stage a hand for filling in this morning. We've, uh, we've got several on vacation this week. You may be seated. And so uh, every once in a while you have to have some extra help. Amen. I hear the sound of a mighty rushing wind, and it's closer now than it's ever been. I can almost hear the trumpet. Prophecies fulfilling and the signs of the times they're appearing everywhere. I can almost hear the Shall rise. 
hotel, the king and the president's men. The coming of the Lord is nigh. They better get their house in order. He's going to split the eastern sky. Let's get the message out to the people. And let's tell them why there's time to tell. That the Son of God is coming. Hallelujah. Jesus is alive and well. my Jesus to that old cross the devil danced around with glee he thought he had the children of God and he would take them and throw them in the fiery sea but on the third day that stone was rolled away and Jesus and Mary go and tell that the Son of God is risen hallelujah my Jesus is alive and well Stand up and greet somebody. Hug their necks. Shake their hands.
Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for being here. If you're here, raise your hand. All right. If you're not here, raise your hand. There's a lot of there's people who are here who are not here. Wow. I think that might be every Sunday. Anyway, so good to see everybody. Uh, it is the Sunday before July 4th. Thank you for being here. From the deep part of my heart as a pastor, thank you for being here. And um, uh, we've got, I used to preach against going to the beach on Sunday. And then they started letting me use their places down there. And, uh, and I quit preaching against it. Confession's good for the soul, ain't it? <laughs> so good to see y'all. Thank you for coming to church today. And uh, you guys are sounding good over there. Appreciate you. Look in your bulletin. Um, look in your bulletin. Go down to the bottom of the first page and look at those tithes and offerings. How about that? Is it over $8,000? Now, amen. That spattering of applause is very thankful. We're glad for that. Um, I, I want to brag on you. I want to brag on you. God bless you. And now, 3000 was given during VBS, but that goes for VBS, so... Uh, I've got a feeling that probably more than paid for VBS, so thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for your giving last Sunday and our regular offering, over uh, $5,000 it looks like. So God bless you. Thank you. Don't, you. don't you know the preacher always preaches on it when we don't do like we ought to do? So when you do, I'm going to say good job, good job. Of course, I always do a good job, but I like to tell y'all... <laughs> When y'all do a good job, and I do appreciate it so much, uh, the deacons pray and seek the Lord, and we bring we bring any expenditure that is that is more than normal. We bring that before you all because we want you to be a part of that decision, and uh, we want you to know that we are very uh, sensitive to your opinions and your thoughts and your ideas about our church, but our our deacon board prays very, very hard that uh, every penny you all give is always used for the glory of God. Amen. Amen. So I know you're going to bless us with a good offering today. Father, we love you. We thank you for your goodness to us, your mercy, your love, your tenderness, your long-suffering. Lord, you put up with so much from us. You love us anyway and we thank you for that and we ask you lord to continue to meet the needs of our people uh, that they might be able to give to the work of the lord through this local church we thank you for our missionaries that are here today and i hope after today we can up their monthly uh, donation that we give to them i want us to increase that after today and uh, i know the board will be for that and we're just so glad they're here and we ask you to use them mightily. They're going to share their uh, ministry, but then our brother uh, Danny is going to preach a message. And I pray you will speak through him exactly what we need to hear. May he preach with great anointing, and may he preach with great courage, Lord, what you put in his heart. 
We pray it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know. the future and life is worth the living just because he lives because he lives I can face tomorrow he lives all fear is gone because I know he holds the future and life is worth the living just because he lives. Amen. Thank you, Brother Thomas. Let's once again give our musicians and Brother Thomas a big hand for what they do for us on Sunday. So we've got a new trio uh, that uh, I've not heard since I've been here. I don't think they have a name. I was looking at them and I thought... Um, Maybe a thorn and two roses. How about that? Is that good? You like that? All right. I don't have much to breathe My heart is torn in pieces It's my offering Take me to the key Truth is I'm tired Options are few I'm trying to pray, but where are you? Uh, I'm all church down, hurt and abused. I can't fake what's left to do. Come on, truth is I'm weak. No strength to fight, no tears to cry, even if I try, but still my soul refuses to 
to Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you so much. Danny and Judith, will y'all come join me up here on the stage? These uh, good folks are friends of mine and uh, brother and sister. And uh, uh, 
I know you all were, were with us many times at the bridge when I was over there, and, and we appreciate you and love you, and I, I was thinking about what I would say today as an introduction. Uh, I'm going to let them tell you about their ministry. Here's what I'll tell you that I know, and that is under their leadership, the ministry in Nepal, India, that part of the world has greatly increased. And they have some very exciting news to share with us today. They're going to share that with us. And then Brother Danny's going to preach the word. And we're just looking forward to it. Uh, you guys got the microphones you need. I know Joey's took Amen. care of you. Amen. Uh, all right. You brought it. She got it. Oh, you you want that one? No, you good? All right. Okay, go ahead. Give them a hand one more time. Well, praise the Lord. We are thrilled to be back. It's been several years since we've been here. And so we're so so thankful that we're able to be back here at Pine Level. And we just uh, thank God for what he's doing. Uh, we have known Pastor Farrell for a long time, and we treasure him as a great man of God. Can anybody say amen to that? Amen. amen. There you go. And I love his humor. Uh, we need more of it. Amen. <laughs> In this day and time, uh, laughter is like a medicine. Some people don't like laughter in church, and I say, well, then you've got to tear out a page out of the Bible. That's right. Because laughter is like a medicine, according to the Bible. That's Amen? Right. That's right. So good, clean laughter and clean jokes. And uh, yeah, uh, laughing and, and bringing uh, joy. It's the joy of the Lord that becomes our strength. Can you say amen? Yes, so we just thank you. We are Danny and Judith Williams. Uh, we uh, are serving... Uh, in Nepal, we lived in India for several years, and uh, Judy, before we were married 14 years ago, she did work in Africa, and then when we got married, we went together to Africa for a couple of different times, and seeing what God wanted for both of us, but then God called her to Asia, and I was thankful because I knew that was where my calling was, and so we just thank God for that. That is a picture of Kathmandu Valley. And uh, the Kathmandu is the capital of Nepal. If you don't know where Nepal is, it's between China and India, sandwiched with a long sandwich in between there. And so we just thank God. We love Asia. We love India. We love Nepal. God, you know, how many knows when you're called to something, you better love it? Can you yeah, say amen? Yeah. And uh, learn to love it. And so we thank God for that. Next slide, please. Uh, we believe, and I believe truly, that the ascension gifts, which are the fivefold ministry, the apostle, prophet, teacher, pastor, and evangelist, are the key to the leadership and the development of bringing people to the Lord all over the world. But we have centered on that. Uh, that is a picture of the Everest, Mount Everest region. That's in Nepal. Next slide. This is our team. I am the national. I and Judy are the national directors. And then we have uh, Ashoka and Sunu and his family and uh, that are our assistant directors and will one day take over that directorship. He's been in training with me now for seven years and uh, he knows things I say before I say it uh, because he's translated me all of that time. But God has mightily used him. God used him to make us a legal IPHC church organization in a Hindu and Buddhist nation. Oh, God. 
all God. But he spent three years, about 30, 40 hours a week in government offices to do that. So this man is a very exceptional man of God, and his wife and children we just love dearly. They are our sons and daughters in the Lord. Next slide. That is a Hindu temple. Uh, you know, they have to paint the eyes of God on there because he's not, never mind. Uh, <clears throat> we know what that means. I won't go very far because we're being blasted all over the world. Uh, the next slide is our India ministry. We, we, we live there and this is, and the young family you see there is our directors there now. And we directed them. We have about, we started out with two churches when I began in the city of Mumbai, which used to which uh, is, uh, used to be Bombay uh, in India. And now we have somewhere between 60, 65 churches. I, I forgot to update that, uh, that slide. And uh, so we thank God for that. Can you say amen? And, um, that, and those are ministry slides that we're you know, all over the place. Now let me tell you, we have a lot of slides here today with a lot of pictures but there's a, they're about one-tenth of what we could give you and all the things that we've done over the past several years. Next slide. And I believe that's where Judy comes in. Hello. It's so good to be here and see this beautiful congregation. Before I start with my slide, I wanted to give you one of my life verses. And I know it's for someone here today as well. It's found in Isaiah, my favorite chapter, my favorite book, rather, in the Bible. Thou art my servant, and I have chosen you, and not cast you away. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, and I will uphold you with my righteous yes, right hand. Yes. I have held on to that verse in the times especially that were difficult. And there were some difficult times, but I love what we do. We are passionate about what we do, and we love the people of the world, but God has really given us a heart for the people of Asia. Many years ago, I was mission director in one of our smaller IPHC churches down in Roper, North Carolina. And when the missionaries came and I heard about the people-to-people -people program, I guess you're looking this way and I'm pointing that way, the people-to-people -people program, I thought, oh, wouldn't I love to go someday and start that program, but I can't do that. I can't do that. I'll never be able to do that but God. But God, he is so faithful to give us the desires of our hearts. And yes, I was in my 50s when that took place, but I thank God for it. And we now have 35 children. They're primarily pastor's children, and that helps so much the pastor's families to be, get a little bit of funds, $25 a month, to be able to help their children. Next slide, please. And I can't see that one. COVID relief. Okay. COVID relief. I'm sure you gave into the COVID relief. It was used very well. I just want you to know that we are the feet on the ground that see exactly how this is used. And it's been a blessing. We were able to give just sustaining things such as uh, tea, coffee, beans, rice, but also blankets. It gets very, very cold up in the Himalayas. And giving blankets out was a real gift. We were even able to put the um, IPHC logo on these blankets. or the Some had that and some had people to people. So God bless you for what you do and how you give. 
Next, please. Women's ministry, one of my favorite things to do women's ministry and to minister to children. These are just lots of slides about uh, different groups and teams that have come. And then the precious ladies very recently that we had a conference and minister. We have 65 women ministers, IPHC women ministers, in a country where women are very marginalized and very much not encouraged to preach the gospel. So that is something to give God the praise and glory for. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. I love these women. I have to use an interpreter, but you know, I have sat with them, had meals with them, and we can communicate because the love of the Father and the mm -hmm. presence of the Holy Spirit knows no boundaries. Next, please. Medical teams. I'm in charge of teams. That was uh, just daunting to me when it first, when I had my very first team, but I've learned to absolutely love it. I'm a planner and organizer, and I planned for one year my first team, and the night that they were in flight, everything was changed by our local pastor and turned completely upside down. So I said, Asia is killing the planner in me, but it has taught me so much on flexibility and how to go with the flow. Absolutely love and appreciate these men and women that give up their vacations often to come and do medical ministry up in the mountains and the hills and the difficult spots and the heat of Nepal and of India. Next, please. Ministry teams. More ministry teams that have come. Recently, Dr. Ryan Jackson from the Capitol Church came, and he is now our assistant bishop. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. I'll say that properly. We're and we were just so honored to have him, and he was so flexible and such a blessing as he led pastors' conferences to our ministers. So I think that is, is mm -hmm. there. Next yeah. slide, please, and then I'll finish up my part. Yeah, I'll let Danny moment. start that. Uh, we thank you for what you do. You have supported us. It's a blessing. We are not able to go unless you send us. So I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for what you do to help us in the ministry, help us stay on the field, and help us bless the people of Asia, of India, of Nepal. They are our family. I miss them very much when we're not there. If any of you are new since we've been and you're not familiar with our ministry, these are our faith commitment cards. They're out on the table in the foyer. Please take one. Please pray for us. Give, pray, do what you can to remember us and remember this ministry. And we just thank you and bless you. Well, this is more ministry. Uh, we, we've had, we've had uh, and I believe in prophets and apostles, and uh, we've had prophets and apostles coming. We've had uh, other pastors and teachers coming. Uh, we've had uh, doctors and, and, uh, and many different people coming and ministering, not just uh, doing the medical teams and singing and many, many different things. Uh, God spoke to me several years ago and said uh, that you need to extend your arm of fellowship to pastors. They need a family. And so I had some 
training and had and been exposed to some other ministries in the past. And so I began inquiry meetings around the country and inviting all kinds of pastors in, but mainly those that were already in independent churches. So these are, but so this is a representation. I, I've done dozens of pastors' meetings. I have flown many, many miles, traveled many, many miles over mountains and different things that God has allowed me, and then I'll tell you the results here in a little bit. Next slide. This is uh, church planting. We do church planting as well as uh, inviting uh, uh, churches that are independent to come along and be part of our network, and we vet them very well, and uh, God has really blessed us for that. Next slide. This is, this is a shook translating me in the first and only national meeting that we have ever had in Nepal, which was 2019. God spoke to me, do a national meeting. And I'm thinking, eh, that's because that, in our meetings, we have to pay to bring the pastors in and get them home. Because most of these pastors are in very poor rural areas. And so we and then if it's more than one day, then we're overnight commendation, commendations that we have to do. So it gets very expensive. But on this one, we had a $5,000 uh, budget. And so we were thanking God. We thought we'd have 100, 120, uh, maybe at the most 150. We had 500 pastors show up. Next slide. Next slide. That's a picture of some things that we were doing, licensing, we were doing all kinds of things. Next slide. That is my favorite picture of all time. When you go into Asia, you take off your shoes. And when you go into a church, in a home or anything else, take off your shoes. That represents 500 plus pairs of shoes of our pastors and leaders that are now taking the gospel all throughout the nation. Their feet are beautiful. Amen. Next slide. Since this time, we have now come to 750 churches that are part of the network nationwide, representing over 30,000 members. And if you think I did that, you're looking at the wrong person. You need to look up or talk to God within, because he's the one that did that. I extended invitations. I did the travel, but God is the one that did that all over the nation. We thank God for that, that we have that. And now we have, uh, three years ago, or two and a half years ago, something like that. I can't, I lose track of time. We started out for uh, a headquarter building. God said, now is the time to raise funds for that. And I said, who in the world are you talking to? Because I didn't have that ability. We needed $400,000. And it was right in the big middle of COVID. He spoke to me that. Well, let me tell you something. That picture, next picture, that picture of that building, we own that building. <laughs> Except for the taxes, which we're negotiating with the government, we own that building. And it is paid for. And, uh, and so we have a training center. We have a national headquarters. When uh, the pastors asked me, I'm taking longer than I normally do, but when pastors used to ask me, where is their headquarter building? I said, at my kitchen table. And so 
Thank God we do have that. We stayed there uh, when we, before we came back this last time. Next slide. That's partnering with us. I want to tell you something. When you partner and you give to us, you throw a lifeline. And I want to tell you, I pastor pastors. And so you, I'm throwing a lifeline to these pastors. Many of them feel like they're isolated, that they have no help, they have no encouragement, they have no one there to be with them. Well, I'm with them, the God was with them, and we're throwing a lifeline to them to strengthen their ministry. I, I, I heard an analogy this week that I love, that you helping us is like a fishing net. How I many you know the old, uh, uh, the old rope fishing nets where you had to tie it together and you made squares out of it or, uh, and to be able to bring your, your fish? Some of you may have done some of that mullet fishing and different things over the years. And so each one of those knots represent a strength point for that net to be able to be strong enough. How many knows that many times after fishing they've had to repair those knots? Well, let me tell you, those that are helping us or one of those knots within our ministry to strengthen us in what we do. And I'm not just talking about finances, though. It seems like God is requiring more and more to do, more and more and more and more finances are needed. But we need intercessory people that will pray for us. I have been in four situations in my life where I've been threatened to be burned alive. I've been threatened to be shot. I've been threatened to uh, be cut up in little pieces. And I have been... Uh, threatened uh, in many other different ways. I won't even go into all of that. But I want to tell you something. I'm still here. God is still with me. And the angels that protect me, they, might have, they must have been mighty big because there were some cases I was wondering. But God has been there with us. Can you say amen? amen. I could go to many stories and mission. But I'm also here to minister to you today. I mean, I can go to the stories where the hecklers and in the Muslim part of Gujarat in, in India, came to our meeting where we were in uh, the jungle and 4,000 people showed up for our meeting. 4,000. I had no idea. I never even saw a house till I got to the little part of the village we were in. They had just released 35 Bengal tigers in that area. I wanted to see one, never got to. Didn't want to see them that close, though. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Maybe from the window of the car. Um, but, the, but we had people coming against our, mini, our meeting. But I want to tell you something. They were heckling us. They were mocking us from in the dark across the way. Because we only had one light out there. And all of a sudden, as I began to minister to the people, something flashed in the sky and every one of them hushed. Every one of them hushed. And, but they told us that they were going to burn us alive when we left. And I had pastor friends with me had their, brought their family. They were frightened. And the Holy Ghost came on me with peace. And I said, brothers, we're going to be all right. But four pastors got on motorcycles and followed us all the way into town. Courage, my friend, in the face of the enemy. What kind of courage do we have? What kind, what is God doing in our life? I want to preach to you a bit on identity today. How that God is bringing us to a new place in this hour. How many realize Jesus is coming soon? 
We've been, uh, those that have been Pentecostal and Baptists all their lives have been preaching Jesus is coming. And, and other denominations and other independent, Jesus is coming. And we believe that with all of our heart. But some of us have got complacent. And I'm going to preach a little hard at some of you today. Is that all right? Can I challenge you a little bit? Are, 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 you, are, are you too uh, skittish that I can't challenge you a little bit? But I'm going to tell you something. The only reason I'm able to challenge you is God challenged me. Because I got complacent at times. Anybody know what I'm talking about? We live life. And life, life is getting more complicated. I tell you what, every time we go for, uh, uh, to pay a bill or anything, there seems to be somebody not doing their job today. And we've got to go back and find out if it was paid, if it was posted. It just gets on and on. All these things are happening in our life. It is like the devil is there to wear down the saints, as he said in the Old Testament. If any of you feel a little bit wore down, if any of you feel that life is a little bit overwhelming, do any of you feel the pressures of the enemy that have come against your life? How many knows that there are pressures? How many knows the devil is alive? He is working against you and me. He hates you and me, but I'm here to tell you I don't care because I have a God that loves me, that keeps me, and has called me as he has you. So there's nothing he can do against me that's going to last and bring me down. I've been through a lot of stuff in my life, people. We don't have days enough for me to tell you all that I've been through to come to this place. I've lost a first wife and two children along the way. They're in heaven now. At least, thank God, they're in heaven now. But let me tell you something. You've got to go through something to really know who you are and where you are in God. God, Jesus said, basically, I promise you tribulation in this life. I don't like that. <laughs> I mean, he said, that's the one promise I'm not sure I want to stand on. But I know that it's true because I've had tribulation. Have you had tribulation? Have you gone through something? Have you gone through things you haven't been able to understand? Have you gone through things you haven't been able to comprehend? Have you gone through things that you don't know why this could happen or a great good God would allow this to happen in your life? Have you gone through those things? Somebody better say amen. I think I'm losing you otherwise. Because this isn't, this isn't uplifting. It's going to get there. It's going to get there. This isn't so uplifting, but I'm challenging you. We've gone through, we're going through, but it's worth it because heaven is a great place to be for eternity. And the closer I get to heaven, because I'm, I'm, past, I'm past the middle point of that. I won't go into how much, but I'm past the middle point of that in my life, that's for sure. And so I know I'm getting closer and closer to heaven. I'm looking forward to that. But there's one thing I found out. I'm not just waiting for heaven. I'm going to do something for God on this earth. I'm going to do something for God on this earth. You can allow the devil to pull you down. That's what he's trying to do. He's trying to pull you down so you won't be effective. He's trying to pull you down so you won't have a witness. How, you have a wit How can you have a witness? You're going around all, all the time depressed disillusioned, disappointed, you are with a frown on your face and, and then somebody does something and you snap at them and, 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 and you're angry all the time. 
I'm seeing more and more of that. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You better say amen. It is absolutely the truth. It's more and more of that going on. We went into a store the other day, and the, and the little lady that was running the store was just as nasty as you could put. You could, I'll just use that word. Just nasty as she could be. She didn't care if we were in there or not. In fact, she didn't like seeing us in there, you know. But she's supposed to be there to, to help us. But they, they don't, they're not that way anymore because all of a sudden, the love that people used to have, or at least the kindness that they had for people, is now dropping by the wayside by the tens of thousands. But I am taking a stand. And I am loving the people of this world like God loved them because he said he loved every one of them. I don't care what they are, who they are. Uh, Paul killed the Christians and Jesus arrested him on the way to Damascus and turned him around and became the greatest of all of the ministers and the one that has left us with the most revelation from God in the New Testament. Paul can take a terrorist and turn them around. Paul can take a drug addict and turn them around. They can take a mean old nasty person, a drunk, and turn them around. And I have seen it in my lifetime. I started out in ministry at the age of 16, 17 years old in Texas ministering to drug addicts. I thought I was just going to be a, a, a worship leader and a youth director. And all of a sudden I had these drug addicts coming into my youth meeting. But God started delivering, freeing them, taking that, that satanic hold of slavery on their life and breaking that free of them. Now I have also been in the situation where I sat by the bedside and watched them throw up all night long getting rid of it. Then I've seen many people instantly delivered. I'm not sure why I have my thoughts but it makes no difference as long as they're going toward deliverance. That's what you need and I need to be. You know, we're, we may not be drug addicts. We may not be alcoholics. We, 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 but we are saved and sanctified, living a holy life, taking the righteousness that Jesus has and appropriating it for our life and then being filled with the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues to be able to have be empowered to be a witness. You don't have to be a witness with your mouth all the time long, but at least don't snap at the people and talk out and be, be angry. At least give them a smile because you'd be surprised what a smile can do these days. Being kind to people, even when they're not kind to you. Learning to control your own emotions, self-control. Learning to control the things that, I, you know, when... When someone would get mad at me, boy, that used to pop my button. And I became an angry young man. And it, it didn't matter. I had a football player about this tall and about this broad in high school. And it came along, and I turned around in the hallway, and he hit me with his shoulder, knocked my books everywhere, mate, and he was mad at something. And I turned around, he popped me in the mouth and it split, my, split my mouth and everything with his ring. He almost got kicked off the whole thing. But I'm going to tell you something. You cannot hold grudges or go through life mean. 
Now, see, I, didn't, I, I had no fear. I still had no fear about things because I turned right around to him and said, I'll meet you anytime, anywhere. And then I went into, the, went into the classroom, and I'm bleeding all over the place and don't realize until I do this. And then I went up to the teacher, and she almost fainted. You know, we don't control life. Some people think that's what faith and the Word of God is for, so we can control our lives, so we'll live this easy, nice, happy, little, go-lucky life. Well, I want to tell you something. God did not prepare me in the beginning for what I was going through. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? When I signed up for this, I signed all the way. Did you hear what I'm saying? When I got saved, I got cleansed, I got justified, I got filled with the Holy Ghost. I was called to preach all at the same time. I signed up all the way. I started saying at the age of 17 that I will never retire because God's called me into the ministry. Now I take those two numbers and do that. And going toward the next one. But I am better today than I was 10 years ago. Because I am believing for better. I'm going for better. And I'm not stopping. I'm going to do the will of God. The thing about it is, along the way, God begins to help us identify who we are. I am a child of God. Somebody better say, be able to say that today. Say it out loud. I am a child of God. Now I'm going to give you a harder one. Because Paul said this. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Y'all got quiet on that one. Can you say it? Can, it was, uh, when I grew up, they'd say, oh, that's arrogant. I said, well, Paul was arrogant. Then. I thought he was a humble man before God. But you're saying, you know. So I figured out. Through Christ Jesus, I am righteous. And so I can say it. Can you say it? I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now I'm going to give you another one. I am Bethel. I am Bethel. I am the house of God. I am the temple of God. I am the tent of meeting where God's presence comes and meets me. I am the tabernacle. And that's what God is doing. I've been studying Solomon and him building the tabernacle a lot lately. And I realized all that is said in chapter 2 of 2 Chronicles. He said, I am determined to build the house of God. And I'm going to build myself a house. And I began to realize that's as spiritual as I, it gets. Because not all, you're building the house of God. And now we have the revelation. I am the house of God. So he's saying to us from an Old Testament perspective as an example that God wants us to build his house. And when he says it's my house, it's all the same house. God is saying, are you determined to become what he wants you to be? Are you determined to be the house of God and to be a representation of that house or a representative of that house Throughout the world, wherever you are, including in your own home. Somebody better say amen. Because I'm preaching truth this morning. And you can say a bigger amen if you want to on that one. Because I know I'm challenging you. But you see, I've been challenged 
Because Jesus said in Luke chapter 17, verse 21, that the kingdom of God is within you. And I've studied that out. A lot of people, oh, he said it's among you. But that's because it wasn't quite there because he hadn't died and rose again for the kingdom to be able to give to us because it's been given to us according to Luke chapter 22, verse 29, because he said, the Father gave me a kingdom and now I give one to you. You see, now we have access to everything that is in God's house, everything that is in God's kingdom, and everything that he is so that we can have the access of all the benefits and blessings of God and become who he is for earth people as best we can. I doubt as many of us look like, look Jewish, and that's who he came as, except for maybe my, my wife, because she's full-blood Jew. But the fact is that we may not look like Jesus, but we need to look like Jesus. Did anybody get what I just said? We may not look like Jesus in a natural way, but we need to look like Jesus in a spiritual way. And so he has my face, he has Pharaoh's face, he has Judy's face, he has your face and your face and your face and your face. All on this earth. So every one of us become representatives of Jesus. Now that is if you have been born again. I didn't say make a confession of faith. Because I, am, I, I believe in confessions of faith. But I also believe that if you didn't meet Jesus at that time. And you didn't turn your life over to him and you didn't give him everything you are and everything you have, then I wondered if you're born again. Because the Jesus I met was worthy of giving him all of me and everything I have. That's the Jesus I met. He's worthy of giving everything to him. God requires us to give offerings from time to time that are not little offerings. Out of our personal, out of our personal giving, our personal money. And I, and and. And I will tell you, it's a stretch of faith many times. Judy will tell you that. She does the books. And I'm the one that says, give so much money. <laughs> give so much, you know. It stretches her a lot. But I want to tell you something. God has always been faithful. You can't outgive God because you've given him everything anyway. You can't outgive God. God will bless you if you give to God by faith. Let me tell you. Let me, amen, go ahead. You don't often get a clap on that one, but I'll take it. The fact is that our faith is literal currency. You know what it is? It's the currency that we have in God. Faith is the currency we have in God to exchange it into trust that allows us to be obedient. Faith is the currency. Obedience is the conduit in which that we move in those areas to be able to have authority. We all have authority, but we don't know how to use the authority until we have come in, in real faith and trust. And until when God has spoke to us or we obey the word of God, then our authority comes into play and then you can move the devil around any way you want to. Because he has no place in me and he has no place in you. A lot of people are scared of the devil. I want to tell you something. 
he's a toothless lion. I saw a picture of him in, uh, in, in a vision recently, and he was ugly. He, I have lions on my computer. People have prophesied that I'm some kind of lion, you know, a lion in spirit like the lion of the tribe of Judah. But I want to tell you something, that was an ugly one. And he had no power, no authority. Why? Because I don't, I don't believe a thing he says. I don't believe a thing he says. It's sort of like what's going on in our nation today and in other nations of the world. There's a lot of people talking a whole lot. But there are very few that I believe. Because they're telling all kinds of things that are anti-God, anti-Bible, anti-living for God. Let me tell you, and I'll say it, homosexuality is not of God in any way. It is not. All these letters that they have, you know, to describe it, and then all the genders. I I heard a a testimony where uh, uh, an employer was employing this young lady. She's had all the qualifications. She's nice looking. She talked well and went through all that. And she was doing, and he hired her. She got there, and she had on these uh, tiger ears and a tail. And he, she says, I identify as a tail, and, uh, or as a tiger's tail and a tiger, so you have, to, uh, uh, you have to accommodate that. Well, he did. He fired her. He accommodated her right out the door. And the fact is that we don't have to put up with a bunch of this stuff. Now, I want to tell you something. I've had to put up with it in my own family. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And there are some that have still not been delivered, but I want to tell you something. They are going to be. They're going to be. I'm going to see it before I die. I'm going to hold on and believe God and speak and declare that the, that the power of God and, and that is going to deliver them from those devils that they're listening to and they have been brought in by the lust coming over their lives. I want to tell you something. There's two four-letter words we need to understand very well in this day and time. There's L-O-V-E and L-U-S-T. And they do not mix they do not mix they do not come together and I don't have time to get into all that I assume I'm preaching to mostly righteous people today but you know and I know no compromise do we love them do we love them when they walk into the church absolutely but you may also have to make it clear that we're not going to take that philosophy here nor are we going to allow that to be intermingled and mixed with our young people. You know, that was a problem when I when I ministered to drug addicts. There's some of there's a couple of young people went into drugs. They didn't have the testimony. I mean, you see how the devil can confuse you. You had some of the kids had great testimony because God delivered them from drugs. And these other kids thought they didn't have any testimony. So they literally were lured into the drug path. Because they didn't think they had a great testimony. Let me tell you, it's a greater testimony to say, I never got enslaved with it. I never believed the devil. I never believed anything but the word of God. And I stand on it today. You're more powerful than those people that had the greater testimony seemingly. We have to understand that. That we are something. We are something. I and Christ's representative. They can't see him. He's invisible. He's even invisible to me. 
But there's sometimes he has made himself visible. I was preaching in the church in Houston, Texas that had a ceiling about this high, except it went out further and they had balconies on either side and everything. Many years ago, the church had been absolutely devastated by the enemy. It was a thousand member church. My uncle took it over. It was 18 members left. I won't even tell you what was going on in that church. It is not even, don't even, you don't even need to know. It's bad. But he had built it up to 50, 60, maybe by that time. Asked me to come to preach. And I'm preaching. I, boy, I'm preaching a good old Pentecostal message. I'm preaching the groanings and utterings of the Spirit. Really didn't even know what it really meant. But I was preaching it anyway. You know, I, le- I learned to quit preaching things I didn't know what they were. You know, because it said it in the Bible, you know. And it, I had to learn to live it and be it. And then I had authority to preach it. But having this authority is different when you understand it a little better. Because as I was preaching, Jesus appeared on the side of me. He was 60, 40, 40 to 60 feet tall. I, could, I couldn't tell. At least 40 feet tall. Rather large. He had that long brown hair. He had the, a Jewish nose. I won't make the joke about my wife about that. I'm really restraining, even though I said that sort of. I, uh, uh, <laughs> she said, keep on preaching, please. Uh, he's just standing there, and I'm preaching. I don't know what to do, but everybody's still looking at me, not looking over here where he was. And I'm thinking, what, what in the world? I've got two things going on. I've got a sermon preaching, and I've got thinking going on. I said, what in the world are you doing here? And he's just standing up there, stoic, looking toward the back of the church. I mean, his, his shoulders are this big. He's huge. He's got a long robe on. And, and I'm thinking, what in the world? And nobody's looking there, so I don't know what to do. I just keep preaching. Just keep preaching. And I, I said, what is this? And all of a sudden, I heard an old song. They said, you've got a great, big, wonderful God. I don't know if I'm going to get through it. Great, big, wonderful God. A God who's always victorious. Always victorious. You hear that? Always watching over us. Great, big, wonderful God. And he disappeared. I'm shaking. I'm shaking on the inside. It didn't stop there. I shook for weeks. I thought, oh, what is going on? And I realized because of life circumstances, I had not, God was not as big as he used to be to me. Does anybody know what I'm talking about when I say it that way? Does anybody know what I'm talking about when I say it that way? He was not as big. And all of a sudden, I began to study out that. And I began to realize that God was telling me he's still big. And then I realized that's only a vision. Now, for you theologians, I didn't see Jesus in person. I saw him in a vision. Because you can't see him in person and live even in our natural state. Can you say amen? But I saw him in a vision. And as a result, though, I read the Bible. And the Bible says that the earth is his footstool. And the heavens are like his lounge chair. He's a mighty big God. And then I read he's everywhere present at one time. Amen. That's a great big God. He's bigger than you think or know. It's bigger than I think or know. 
He's bigger than we can, what we can comprehend. But what I do know we need to comprehend, he's bigger than you're even thinking right now. And then I began to learn that I am more than I think I am in him. I had another vision a few weeks later where I, where I saw what I thought was Jesus walking on the shoreline. Everybody remembers the footsteps in the sand thing that was very popular. He was walking on the shoreline and uh, he was behind me, but his robe was very big. And, and I, 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 I think, what is this? And, you know, and I'm seeing the same hair and everything there. And, and uh, he stops and he turns around and then it's my face in his robe and in his hair and everything. And I'm thinking, what is this? And he says, that's you and me and me and you. And then I read it in the Bible. Can you say amen? And all of a sudden, because see, I was praying for the anointing. I was going to preach to Hindus that night. I was praying for an anointing of God and and I was the old, you know, old-fashioned Pentecostal still in a lot of ways, and I began to really try to try to get that anointing, you know, down and try to pull it down. And and then all of a sudden, the robes came. There was many robes under the big robe, and they were translucent, and they had a lapel on each robe, and on each lapel it read something. First one, first thing I read was authority. The next thing I read was salvation. The next thing I read was gifting. next thing I read over here was uh, in building of the Holy Spirit, holiness. The next, and on and on and on, the mercy and love. There's several robes. That's why the robe was so big. And I said, what is this? He says, that's what you're clothed in. And then I started studying the robes and the clothing that's in the Bible. You'd be shocked how, how much is talked about clothes in the Bible. And that we are clothed in righteousness. We are clothed in righteousness. He was clothed in righteousness. We are clothed in, 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 the, in the priestly garments. See, I put myself in every one of those situations. Because that's what God's trying to show me out of the word of God. From Genesis to Revelation. This is me in him. And I have to work in him. I am Paul. I am Thomas. I, 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 yeah, doubting Thomas sometimes. I, I, I am Peter. I am those people because they're no different than I am because they were people just like you and me. Though they had the privilege of walking with Jesus day after day after day. But I have the same privilege. They're no different. So I am who he says I am. Now, there are different assignments, different callings, different understandings that all come together to form that fishing net in this case. We're all knots, K-N-O-T, in that fishing net, bringing it together to make us fishers of men. Wow. Now, now I'll start my notes. No, no, no. No, no, no. Well, I might. Acts 13, 36. For after David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he went to sleep and was buried with the fathers. And he decayed, it said. That's that little thing. He decayed. I'm thinking, well, of course he decayed. He's dead. And they buried him. 
But you see, God knows we tend to worship people as idols sometimes. So he had, we had to let us know King David died and he decayed. He was just a man, but he served God's purposes. He was a man after God's own heart. And I didn't understand that for a long time, but I realized he pursued the heart of God to be able to do God's purpose for Israel while he lived. Though he was not allowed to build that tabernacle that his son built later because he had blood on his hands. The fact is, God still used him. Aren't you glad God still used an imperfect person? Well, if you read the Bible, in some way they're all imperfect. At least in the beginning. They were all imperfect. Thank God he uses imperfect people. But thank God that I'm determined to build the perfection of Jesus into my life. I'm determined to do his purpose in his will. I am determined to allow the love of God to be shared everywhere I go. I am determined to allow the whisperings of God to hit my ear, to keep the line open and clear. I am determined to be a witness for Jesus. I am determined to build this house to look like Jesus. Now, I know he wasn't this big, and I'm still working on that. But I do know that he uses all our imperfections and helps us be who we should be. Do you want to be Jesus in, your, in this life? Now, we are, and by the way, Jesus came as a servant to serve. Can you say amen? amen? So we emulate that service, right? Amen. But there's one thing we need to understand higher than our servanthood. We are sons and daughters of God. We have been drafted in, adopted into the royal family. We are both kings and priests to God. That's every one of us, not just those that are in leadership. That's every one of us have become, and what are we kings and priests over? We're not kings and priests over each other, except in a priestly sense, we're helping and encourage one another. But we are kings over what the enemy is trying to do both to you, to your family, to your church, and to this world. Can you say amen? That's you. You need to start claiming a little more than you used to claiming of who you are and what your identity is. Let's stand. And after we use that authority, after that faith has gone out, after we have obeyed the word of God, after that authority has come, it comes as a badge. It has a badge to it. Authority is it's just like a policeman. Has a badge. He has to show that to you if he's doing something uh, in, in that realm. But we have a badge. We show the badge, which is the Word of God. I don't have my Bible up here. I've got 22 of them in here. But, I don't, but the fact is that we show the Word of God by authority to the enemy. And then the power is released by God to do it. 
Jude chapter 1. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and the brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. The Living Bible talks about those who have been called, who are loved, and who are kept safe by Jesus. He loves you so much. He loves me. He loves your imperfections. He even loves your failures if you get up and don't allow it to define you. Get over it. He's called you to a great destiny that only you can fulfill in your life. Doesn't mean you'll lead a church. Doesn't mean you'll necessarily lead a ministry. But you are the witness to your family. You are the witness to those around you. You are being called to a great destiny. So I'm going to pray this morning. I want you to receive your identity in a greater understanding today, if I was clear enough to help you understand that. So let's all pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just now receive who we are, that we are Bethel, we are the house of God, we are your temple, your tabernacle, your tent of meeting. We are that place being builded as a great house with great, great, great uh, decorations and great gold is within us, overlaid, and great timbers are being built to make this house strong and solid. And you have provided everybody there to help us in this building of our own house. You provided the woodcutters and the stonemasons and the overseers. You provided everything we need that we may become the highway to heaven, that we may be that place of Bethel where the angels of God are ascending and descending to bring us encouragement and help as the Holy Spirit leads and guides us into all the fullness of God. Help us to know our identity and know who we are, how powerful we are. We are more powerful than we know against the enemies of God through his word and by his spirit. I bless you right now, Lord, and thank you for what you're doing in our hearts. Because there's some hearts here that have been challenged and have been changed. And we thank you for that right now. And now, very quickly, I'm going to minister the healing of God. If you have a, any need in your life of physical, spiritual our mental healing. I'm talking about the kind of mental where you're overwhelmed with thoughts and it's just constant pressure on your life and someone's done something against you, can't get it off your mind. It's always coming back and always hurts you. Well, God wants to heal that today. You won't forget it. But the abuse that you've taken, the lies that have been told on you, All those things are going to be forgiven in your own heart today. But I have to ask you to do a big thing. If you've never forgiven the person that did that to you, you're going to have to forgive them. The reason you have to forgive them is you've got to put them in God's hands. You've got to put them in God's hands. Get them off your heart and off your mind. 
except to pray for them to be saved and changed. Yes, they need to be saved and changed. Will they be saved? That's up to them and God. But you put them in God's hands. But you've got to forgive them and let it go. If that's you today, then I'm speaking to you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. This is between me, you, and God. If that's you today and you've taken that abuse and you've taken that that misuse and you've taken those lies and it still hurts in your heart and in your mind today, raise your hand. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, raise it high so I can see everybody's hand. Amen, hallelujah. Probably a dozen or so. You can put it down though. Now everybody didn't raise their hand. Either you're a little shy to do that. But that's okay. God still loves you and cares and will heal you. Those that raise their hand, I believe you're going to get a deliverance today. I believe as I pray that you're going to feel the peace of God in the place of the hurt. Okay? Father, in the name of Jesus, I come against every abuse, every lie, every misuse, every... uh, Oh, are, are we filming? Are we still live? If we are, I want to pray for those that are watching, and then I want you to shut down the live part right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for everyone watching that you touch their life with the Word of God. And if they're not saved, God, bring them into your kingdom and into your way. In Jesus' name I pray. Are we over now? Yeah, the Pine Level Pentecost Church, Church Incorporated, so copyright 2023. Because you have a physical need, doesn't special mean thanks to missionaries Danny else. and Judith Williams. Doesn't mean anything else like that. So